Tim and Tom. All right, so what have you been up to? Oh, man, I did some karaoke this weekend. What does that mean? Karaoke, you know karaoke, where you go to the bar. Well, and they yeah, go- but no, hold on. That, what does that mean? Were you the MC, and then like you no. were telling people, like, hey, uh-huh. you come up here, you come up no, here? No, I used to do that. I used to do that for a long period of my, of my life, a long period, a couple years. Uh, I'm old now, so that was really not a long period of my life. Um, but my mom used to own a karaoke DJ business, and uh, I, I would do that for some evenings at the local bars. And... Um, uh, I hadn't sang karaoke in a long time, but uh, my wife and her friends wanted to go out and, you know, uh, do some karaoke. And they said, meet us out because they were already all out. And I was like, oh, OK, why not? I ain't nothing else going on. And uh, I was not going to sing, but my wife, uh, unbeknownst to me, had put in songs for me to sing. So what did you sing? That. Uh sang Adam Sandler's Ode to My Car, the uh, POS car song. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. Oh, you've never heard it. that one? I've never heard of a Adam Sandler song. I didn't know he was a musician. Oh, oh really? Have you never heard Adam Sandler's yeah. old uh, CDs, like his skit and music CDs from like the, gosh, I was in middle school, so you would have been real young, but you've never heard these? Like, They're All Gonna Laugh at You is one album, Adam Sandler album. It's probably the best one. You've, oh my gosh, super hilarious stuff. At least, it was, talking, at least it was to a middle about, school boy in 1993. I was about <laughs> to say, are we talking about Adam Sandler? Yeah. Now this is pre- uh, Every movie he made, this is pre-super rich Adam Sandler, right? This is like Saturday Night Live Adam Sandler, right? Um, okay. Back in the day. Uh, yeah. Oh, great stuff. Um, it's a it's a whole car called Ode to My Car, and it's a whole car about his car sucks, and it's got like a, a rag for a gas cap, and it's done in a reggae Bob Marley style tune, and it's every other word, Tom, is, is just my effing car. Is a piece of ass. You know what I mean? It's just a left and right cuss word. So it's a big bar hit, right? If you get the right time. I had a uh, security guard uh, in a bar in a military base in Germany at midnight. Stop the song, mid-song. And he's like, no cussing in here. Which I exclaimed over the microphone was uh, F and BS uh, in so many words and it got thrown out. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, everybody loves it. You know I mean? You can imagine, right? I mean, people are drunk. They're enjoying the song. They're laughing. It's a humorous song. Uh, it always gets over really well. My mom always made me sing it uh, whenever she was doing the thing because <laughs> it would get the crowd into it, right? My mom, yeah. And that's what I would say. I'd be like, my mom made me do this. So I changed it this time because I was like, my wife is making me do this, right? Same thing. Same thing. Sang that. And then I sang um, Alan Jackson's Where Were You, you know, the 9-11 song. Uh, mm-hmm. It was another one she put in there for you. The Where Were You When the World Stopped Turning? I'm sure you've heard it. You no. Probably, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you've heard it, but don't don't know it. If, and But if you heard the song, actually, maybe, you know, let's find it cool. as we're talking yeah. here. Um, it was a big 9-11 song that came out, um, basically. Hold you on. Know yeah. Hold on. So you, you get everyone riled up with the curse words <laughs> yeah. and the, huh? the funny jokes, yeah. and then you depress the hell this out of them saying, spread out over time. Forget. This is that, yeah, that's basically. Oh, you don't go back to back? No, no, you, you <laughs> go up once and then somebody else goes up and then another whole bunch of people who suck. Uh, somebody good will come up, they'll sing something good. Yeah, so there's a good mix and a good DJ will try to look for that, right? They're not going to back up funny comedy song right away with a sad song like that, but I, I don't really, I didn't watch that DJ really to notice how he was handling the, the uh, thing or anything like that, you know, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm well, sure you've heard you this decide? song. I've never heard of an Alan Jackson song. I only know of the name just because of like pop culture. Yeah. Like it's a Garth. I yeah. know a Garth Brooks song, but I don't know any Alan, Alan Jackson. Jackson. If you've ever seen it and you knew this guy was a country singer, tall, lanky guy, always wears like a 
bright white hat, but he's really skinny. Have you ever seen this guy, Alan Jackson? Oh, oh no, trust me. I, the first concert that I ever worked, I sold pretzels at Arrowhead Stadium, and yeah. it was George Strait and Alan Jackson. Okay. So I've been around Alan Jackson fans. Now, when you're at a concert that big at a stadium, you don't hear the music. It's just right. like, oh, yeah. Places, it's you a know? thump. Yeah. So, I didn't, yeah, so I didn't hear anything, but I know of him. Working on some stage in LA. Did you stand there? You never heard this at all, huh? The side of that black smoke no. Rising against that never? blue sky. <laughs> no. Are you sure? I'm going to keep asking until you give me a positive answer. No, yeah. So I sang that. Um, and then my wife and I sang a duet, uh, which you've probably never heard either. Uh, Whiskey Lullaby. It's Brad Paisley and Alison Krauss, is it, I think? Now, I know who Alison Krauss is. Yeah. Because when I worked at 90.9 The Bridge, she was she's kind of a folk country type singer yeah, mm-hmm. and uh her and i think not robert plant robert plant no it is robert plant because robert plant was a singer right in led zeppelin um yeah i mm, i don't know you're testing me there i, I don't but know who led zeppelin. you know right. how like it was robert one of the plant two big guys yeah. right yeah the, the nobody forgets the drummer right <laughs> right uh it was him and her and we played a lot of her music and she okay. had a nice voice but it was very boring music mm-hmm. yeah and this is a real this is a real down well, song too whiskey so what? Why? Why? oh man because do it's a this? duet and we've done it a bunch of times and it was easy to do uh you know what i mean this is a sad one here um we watched him drink his pain it's a song about um basically how they both killed themselves drinking because they loved each other and just couldn't uh, be with each other for whatever reason anymore. I can't remember exactly what it is, but a uh, pretty somber song. But uh, we knocked it out. Why? <laughs> it well. Did you want people to leave this bar? Were yeah, you I like to make people cry anytime I meet them for the first time. I like to leave that impression because everybody else is smiling and happy, right? Everybody's like, ah, uh, Tom was such a nice guy. Uh, but then like a month later, they're like, who is that nice guy? We met at the... Uh oh man, I forgot his name, right? But if you make them cry, Tom, they're never gonna forget that. I don't yeah, know. No, I'm right. just kidding. No. Hey, my wife picked these songs. Do not ask me, right? She's the she's the sad depressed one, I guess. Uh I was just up there like, okay, honey, I guess I'll sing now. She told me to. <laughs> and she sang a bunch of songs. She is the singer of the family. She's amazing. Uh, really? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. She's got an amazing voice. I can't even remember the song she sang. Um, off the top of my head because she sings some songs that I'd never heard of, right? She's always been a song, like a, an artist fan, right? Like the, she knew of Celine Dion before the Titanic song, right? You know what I mean? Like that, that's somebody who listens to like that, right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. like these great voices that you'd never heard of because they wouldn't put it to a catchy tune on a pop song, right? Um, so she would, we'll sing a bunch of stuff that, that, you know, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head because I, I only remember when she sings them. <laughs> That makes any right. sense. Yeah. No, so karaoke. Uh, we did that actually down in Overland Park. It's a place called Freddy T's way down south, like 151st and Metcalf down there, man. But it was a fun spot. Uh, the liquor, of course, was nice. We had we had fun with that. And then, um, you know, called it an evening, man. Tim and Tom. All right, Tom, what did you do this weekend? So this week I started my new job at RFP 365. Yeah. But before that, I was like, well, I should be familiar with the area. So where we are currently located is in Waldo. We're probably going to outgrow the space we are in now because hiring is going at a pretty good clip. But we are still located there. Um, but I am not familiar with the Waldo area. So I was like, I better know like where to go for if I'm hungry and I forgot lunch, you know, quick bite to eat, places like that. Yeah. 
So uh, over the weekend, me and Emily, we went to a new coffee place to us called One More Cup. And it was delicious. I had for the first ever time, sounds horrible. You're going to give me a look like, huh? But I'm telling you, it was good. Banana flavored coffee. Oh, really? I've had a banana yeah. beer. It was interesting. It, it had banana and then some chocolate flavoring to it. I want to try this. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, like you could smell the banana as you start to pour, mm-hmm. like, pour it in your mouth. It was really good. It's a small place. It's kind of one of those places where if you're driving by and you blink, you might miss it. We drove around Waldo, so I got familiar with uh, the area. Went to a couple other little places. Went to Waldo Pizza because that's kind of a mainstay. I think that's Emily's favorite place to eat. I could say that confidently as far as for pizza. Uh, And then on Monday, I started my new job. It's a little different. Here's why. I don't know if you've ever had a salary position. I have not. This is my first salary position. And one of the more funnier things to happen this week uh, was on Monday. Emily was like, hey, uh, what time are you coming home tonight? You know, what are we going to like? We typically try to both make dinner at the same time, not just have one person do it and then the other person just show up you know like that sometimes happens but you know what i'm getting at oh, of course so anyhow so she says hey what time are you getting home tonight well with a salary position uh, uh so I, my, my, res- my response was they haven't told me to go home yet i don't know because <laughs> i didn't yeah. know uh-huh. so my legit plan was because I got there at 8 a.m. and I was the first person in the parking lot. And then I waited till the first employee showed up because obviously I didn't have keys to get in. And then so basically I was the first one there and I was just going to be like, I'm going to be the last one to leave because right. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but then they came up to me and they're like, hey, you're you're good for the day. And I was like, oh, I am? They're like, yeah. I was like, oh, OK, well, then I'm just going to leave. You're like, I can come All back right, tomorrow, like, right? Yeah, I was like, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm gonna go. This it was really cool. This store over here, I can leave it out here. Yeah, and we, <laughs> and we share the space with the salon, oh, and so okay. you know that like, you know that smell you get after a haircut where it's like product, but then soap and like mm-hmm. cleanliness, yeah, and like that whole little trifecta of of like a clean area, soap, and then product. Like yeah, that's like what salon. it kind of always right, <laughs> right. But, but but like that's what kind of smells like in our space as well. Yeah, We're above right. them. Yeah, I like uh, that. which isn't the worst smell in the world. So, so this isn't like Better Call Saul. You're not like in the back in a, in a little no, office. No, no, right, no. Okay. But yeah, we uh, met everyone. Got to play darts with the oh, one of the founders. I love yeah, darts. A, I don't know how to play. We played oh. a game called uh, Oh, what was it called? Um, yep, that's what we played. Yeah, I know it. Yeah, I used to hustle people with darts uh, at, at the bar, Tom, when I was doing the karaoke gig. It was always, uh, yeah, because I, I had a dart, because my parents, mom always out doing karaoke and stuff, they always got, like, good at darts, and they would do dart leagues, and yeah, I killed at darts, man. Yeah, this company sounds great, huh? It is. It's fantastic. On Friday, we're we're doing a lunch to celebrate the first week of Brian and myself, because I started with the sales director. They hired a new sales director, and we started on the same day. Fast forward to today, it's Wednesday, uh, the sales director, Brian, brought in his dog, Misha, and this little golden retriever, lovable, steal your heart and make you cry on the inside, just comes up. Oh, she's an older dog. She comes up. She greets you. She wants a little butt pet. And she goes and she lays down. It's like, this is the best. And she did it for yeah. every single person. Oh, I told Brian at the end of the day, I was like, seriously, you could bring that dog tomorrow. And he's like, well, I think the wife will eventually want to hang out with the dog. I'm like, or me. Yeah, or me. Or me. Man. Yeah. Or me. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's been fantastic. Obviously, I'm only three days in, uh, and my role will be essentially starting the support department because right now they kind of share it amongst all of them uh, right now, and my position is create it from the bottom and own it. Nice. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a lot of headache because obviously things break, and when they break, people aren't the happiest. So, you know, there's going to be some uh, trials and tribulation uh, on the horizon, but as of for right now, whoop, whoop, right, hanging out, it, loving life. Yeah. Um, who is it? Uh, Hannibal Burris, the community is like. Uh, I heard him ask. He's like, "Can you have just tribulations? They always come with trials. Like, is that? Yeah. You ever heard anybody just going through tribulations? Well, it's kind of like the phrase swimmingly. Like every, yeah. it, it's always going swimmingly. Like right. it's never like it's not going like it's that's always a good term. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's yeah. like. You can't just say, oh, man, it's yeah, it, it's always swimmingly. Yeah, it's going swimmingly, yeah. Well, yeah. that's good. And I noticed you had an odd piece of attire uh, in one of these pictures uh, of your first day at work. Yeah, so uh, I had to wear a cat sweater, or it was a cat jacket. They said sweater, but it's like they, a hoodie it had, almost, huh? Well, no, it had a zip. Okay, and right. To me, a hoodie is a pullover. A pullover, like, yeah. But this was a zip-up. Like, a jacket. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, and so it was a space, out of this world, space age, uh, cat. It was definitely unique. Jacket. Definitely. Yeah, and then I had to wear it, which I was totally fine with. And then they're like, hey, uh, also you have to wear it uh, one time in public. And I was like, bet. And yeah. so I went and I- like, uh, I was going to ask already. Oh. Yeah, yeah. There's a Chipotle a couple blocks down. And so, yeah, walked into that son of a gun and said who owns this place me and this cat jacket and i uh, got some weird looks but it's waldo like if you're not yeah. familiar with waldo because now i am it's a like the cat jacket was not the weirdest thing in that chipotle on a monday afternoon i'll just tell you that much right uh and so it wasn't that crazy like i was like yeah all right yeah <laughs> well, and yeah. they're probably like uh, rfp hired another place <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but that guy had some spunk to him I bet he does mm-hmm. a podcast. Yeah, so uh, got to meet all my coworkers uh, again. It's a small company, about fifteen. I think we're going to try to get to twenty by the end of the year. That kind of growth. But I am one of the first few to get hired. I'm excited about that. Uh, it was named by Startland News as one of the best startups of 2018. So mm. that's good. They obviously uh, haven't heard of Tim and Tom. Right. Well, you know, we we got to get a good sales team. Uh, yeah. Developed. Then, then we're gonna be right. We're off. still starting up. Exactly. Not quite a start up. And so, uh, yeah, that was fantastic. The new job, uh, the one more cup, cup of coffee again, banana flavored coffee. That was really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then coming up this weekend, uh, I'm uh, riding solo. Riding solo. She's leaving yeah. you. Emily is going to Minnesota this weekend. We're good. So it's just me and the dog. <laughs> you and the you dog. Me and that athletic, angry wonder dog named Josephine. Uh, so, uh, unfortunately, it's not spring, if you haven't noticed. Yeah. They say it's spring. It's not. It was kind of yeah. nice tonight. No, it's not. It's it horrible. Like, it's so well, cold. It was a little bit earlier, I guess. Yeah, it's so cold. Yeah. You know, they say 2017 was the worst year ever, but at least it had spring. Okay? <laughs> this weekend, I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to do because with Josephine, uh, the Wonder Dog, she needs to be uh, out and running around. And I don't know if I want to be out and running around when apparently it's going to snow again 
in the middle of April. Tim and Tom. Apparently, I am going to be going dancing this weekend. Look at you. You're right, singing. You're dancing. Right. What kind of dancing? Are you? Apparently, we're going to be going to some place that plays hip hop is what the wife tells me. No, don't. Just oh, don't. Oh, it's been a while. I will give it that. It's been a while. Right. right. Out there. But we're startup. The starter jacket pullovers like in style the last time no, you danced. No, no. It's probably, I'd say, been. I was mean, Bo Jackson. The, My the wife and I have gone out uh, not too terribly long. I mean, it's been a couple years now, but uh, yeah, but I used to go quite a bit. I mean, we used to do it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not bad. <laughs> yeah. Tim, yeah. Tim, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're talking like an uh, old guy. You're talking <laughs> yeah. like, you're talking. As like long as I wear moment. Tom, my knee brace <laughs> <laughs> and my orthopedic inserts, my custom orthotics, and I pivot on my right knee instead of my left, Tom, I can show these kids what it's like. What's your go-to song there? Like, <laughs> oh, what's I the song no that oh, plays? Whatever's, whatever's, whatever's kicking a hot beat, Tom. Whatever's thumping. But no, what's that one song where you're like, I have to? Like, I might have been tired. Oh, there's a lot. I, might be... I dance around well, the house your... a lot, though. I do. It's just whatever's on, man. Uh, just give me, whatever's give on. me your short list. Well, what's hot me... right now? What's what's uh what's uh um humble's you're a good not one. Dan- humble's a good one. I like that one. You're not Kendrick dancing yeah. to humble. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Get My wife said uh, she thinks that I had secretly been stripping behind her back sometimes because I get a little risque with it sometimes if we're out in the right setting. See, so that makes me think you're a genuine pony kind of guy. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. See? You get that going right. and I've had a few drinks and we're in the right bar. Um, yeah, I can see why she might think that. <laughs> yeah. Hamburger Mary's? Uh-huh. Is that the bar you're talking about? Um, what? Hamburger Mary's? I don't, uh, That's the gay bar down, <laughs> down the street. Is that what it is? I thought that was Missy B's. Oh, God dang it. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. Damn it. Missy B's. Hamburg- well, yeah, that's where she said that, actually, most recently. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tim and Tom. Is this newfound singing on the weekends and dancing on the weekends? Because uh, I want to get a little personal with you. Does that have to deal with this new weight loss? Uh, no, to, I don't think hashtag so. Hashtag new year, new me. Is no, that what's going um, on? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, I haven't even actually been feeling the greatest. I've been, you know, in and out of the doctor with some with some stuff that we're still waiting on results for. Um, but so no, half the man you used to be. Yeah, I think I'm half the man. I, I did. I've lost forty pounds since the beginning of January. Uh, Tell us how you did that. Changing my diet, which was terrible, which we discussed uh, last night. Well. We didn't discuss it on here, so tell us a little bit about what you were doing and what you're doing now. All right, so before this, beginning of the year, and it wasn't even a New Year's resolution. I think I just kind of started doing it. My wife, uh, around the time, was specifically said she was going vegan. Not even mostly health reasons, but just she, you know what I mean, had enough of the videos and is an animal lover and was like, you know what? I don't need it. I'm done. And uh, I was watching her eat and then just, you know, catching all the healthy stuff. And I was like, well, I should be eating healthier, right? And I took an assessment of what I was doing, right? I was, I'm a night owl, so I'd be up till late in the evening, probably one o'clock sometimes, you know, or later. And I would eat fourth meal basically of cereal because uh, that's what you do, right? When you're up internet and video gaming, doing whatever. A lot of alcohol. Um, fast food probably every day, if not twice a day on some days. Uh, just bad, just bad overall, right? Just no wonder I was fat, Tom. I was like, I was at two thirty-five, 
and I'm five eleven, maybe five ten. Depend on what no, where I'm at. Right? I'm five nine. You're like six foot, six one. It really depends on now. Most things, are, I'd say, the higher stuff come in around five eleven. Depends on you know what I mean. It varies wherever I go and whoever's measuring me. Sometimes, um, I think it's listed as five ten on my um, on my driver's license. But yeah, I think it was five eleven a bunch in the military. Whenever people would uh, so two thirty five is not great. You know what I mean? Like it's pretty hefty. And uh, and yeah, I could tell. Like uh, you know, like I just knees were hurting more that kind of stuff you know and so i was like well i'm gonna stop cut some things out so i cut the cereal out period i just don't even eat it ever anymore and i was like well i'm gonna cut out that stuff too i'm getting older now i'm nearing 40 uh red meat's gotta you know what i mean go down to a bare minimum um it's gotta be lean meats that kind of stuff dairy you gotta cut that out as you're getting older right if i'm having gut issues right like you know gerd and stuff like that like i gotta knock this out right you to stop it. So I did that, right? Replaced a lot of my meats with uh, chickpeas and beans and things like that, right? And a lot of hummuses and stuff like that and rices and good stuff like that. And just kind of changing my diet, eating way less per meal and stuff like that. And yeah, in in four months here, I've gotten down 40 pounds. I'm down to 195. Well, this, well so did you when you're cut down? Because see, I think a lot of people, and we could get uh, Alex back on the, the show here soon if we want to, but I've always felt like, it's not necessarily uh, choosing the right food is, is the hardest starting out, right? Because you can make the first – in the first like two to three weeks, you can make those right choices, right? right? You know what I mean? Because you're motivated. So you like, yeah, no McDonald's is going to be you know a turkey burger or whatever it right. is, right? So you can do that. But I've always found it's the portions that's the hardest, right? So you have someone that's saying, I'm going to make – you know. Uh, a yogurt and protein shakes, but then it's an hour later and they said, well, I'm still hungry. You know, one thing that, uh, I, I read as a meme or something, uh, it was, th- they always said that you would save money taking your lunch to work, but now I ate my lunch on my 10 o'clock break. And so what do I get for lunch? Right. You know? And yeah. so that was the hardest part. So for you during those first couple weeks, was it hard to go from, and I'm making this up, two burgers for example to the one you know what i mean like was that no, the hardest part? no because honestly i and there were definitely times where uh, over the four months like i haven't been strict on myself right i mean there were times where i ate some cereal and there were times where i went and got a fast food and it was a lot right um but just overall i knew like when i was saying that stuff i was like nah i just got it's just got to be done like this is dumb i can't do this anymore there it's not like i've got more time to spare to when i should really stop doing it right like i probably already passed that point right like i should really should have stopped doing it when i was 30 right so i was like okay well uh so i just had less of a desire to actually do that right and there were plenty of times where i was like I'd be up late and I'd be like, oh, my natural inclination would be to go get some cereal. And I would start that way or something. I was just like, ah, no, nope, can't do that. That's how I get fat and die early. Uh, so, you know, I was just like, no, can't do it. So uh, there's definitely some times where I slip up and stuff like that. But no, I just kind of was ready to to change the lifestyle, I think. Well, good for you. Yeah, I'm proud that, of you. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of fun that in the time period that we've done two podcasts, basically, we've both gained a ton of weight and then lost a ton of weight. Yeah, right. Exactly. Now, I haven't got back to where I used to be, but I've gained a little bit since my shoulder surgery. I've gained about 15 pounds since I was at my lowest. Mm-hmm. Um, but mine wasn't a diet thing. See, I never really changed my my diet. I would still eat the same things. But 
and I'm getting back to it because uh, on next week's episode, I'll share you uh, share with you guys a new story. Uh, I'm trying out CrossFit again, but at a new gym. So we'll see how that goes. All Round right. two of the trying to get myself back into shape uh, tour. Yep. But the first time around, it was because, and you remember, I just co- consistently worked out. Like that's yeah. all I did. I was it was a run in the a morning. Lot, it was cross, yeah. yeah, it was CrossFit at lunch, and then it was Glory in the in the afternoon. Now with kind of having ownership of this new department and, you know, job responsibilities. I don't think I'm going to get that crazy. Like, I don't think glory right. uh, at night, just cause Waldo to Lee summit and then Lee summit to Kansas city or That's Westport is going to be a, yeah, a lot of driving. But there is a Waldo CrossFit that's there, uh, that's around. So I'm trying that on Monday. So we'll see okay. how that goes. Right. But yeah, so that's how I did it. And I gained a little bit of weight because, you know, with the shoulder surgery, you can't do a lot. Um, but yeah, I'm getting back to running. Uh, I'm going to do the the Mother's Day 5K. It used to be oh. the Amy Thompson uh, 5K, but now it's been renamed to include like all brain injuries. Uh, so I'm doing that on Mother's Day weekend. Uh, so I've been running a 5K every day, 3.2 miles. Wow, I like that. Yeah. I used to run so a lot of those back in my military days, but I haven't. I stopped running after a while. I got. I do have a bit of knee and ankle problem from, which I do have some military disability on. So we do walks more. I just got back from a walk uh, around our property today. I posted some of the pictures on Instagram. You saw them. Uh, we were doing some more woods exploring out there. Good good workout, a good walk through like hilly, you know what I mean? Woods, stuff like that. You can get a good heart rate going up through there. By the way, to our listeners, uh, if you're looking for a good Instagram account to follow, mm. follow uh, Tim's dog's Instagram yeah. page. Give a, give us what that is. That's at Rainer Ranch Rescue. So there's an underscore in between each of all of that, and it's R-A-Y-N-O-R. So Rainer underscore Ranch underscore Rescues. My wife set that up. I tell her to promote it more. I tell her, you know, the thing about Instagram is hashtags, and that it gets more exposure because people follow the lists of the hashtag. Mm-hmm. And I was like... I was like, people all over this town are huge into animal rescue stuff. That would be one of the most followed accounts around. She was like, oh, I don't care. And I was just like, you should do that. But yeah, everybody should go follow that. At Rainer underscore ranch underscore rescues. Uh, you can see all of our what uh, wild and crazy dogs and some of their friends that come and hang out. We've got one now. We have six dogs here right now because a friend is out and needed you know a couple days of dog sitting. So uh, we're out running through the, through the woods and through the creeks and getting them dirty. <laughs> Tim and Tom. What we're going to do on this week's episode is uh, instead of giving you a guest and a great interview, we're going to postpone that a couple weeks and we're going to give you some headlines. So on the other side of this break, headlines. Uh, we're going to come back. We're going to come back with you and uh, share with you all the fun Wee's things of what you should backs. know. We's coming back. Um, yes, we're going to come back and get some headlines. If we can hit you over the head with the term headlines a couple times, we got some headlines on the other side of the break when we return to Tim and Tom for some headlines. Fun fact, SOS doesn't stand for anything. It became the standard Morse code distress signal because it was quick and easy to transmit. Give me credit, don't deny me. This is not a hobby. Rep the town of people stand behind me. Killer City got me. Boy, the posse quick to catch a body. If you try to stop me, put in word to show for me to be a legend. Let it drive me. Wasn't thinking about this back when I was chubby, young and snotty in the ghetto with my sister playing on the Tamagotchi. Eventually, you'll probably find me off the coast of Abu Dhabi. Elevator in the lobby. Colombiana beside me going up. 
they wanna shoot me down. Oh, he think he better than us, they gon' shoot me down. Said he's so fly, they gon' shoot me down. They'll be posted outside just to shoot me down. Don't say nothing to police for they shoot me down. They'll be marching in the streets if they shoot me down. Tell me, listen, don't speak or they shoot me down. What these people don't see, you can't shoot me down. I'm bulletproof. Tim and Tom. This episode of Tim and Tom is brought to you by Your Business. Tim and Tom's listeners could be hearing about Your Business right now. They could be hearing Your Business's address. Or your business's website address. Or even your business's phone number. But they're not hearing that right now, are they? If you want the listeners of Tim and Tom to know more about your business, contact us at timandtomkc at gmail.com. Tim and Tom. All right, Tom, we've got no guests, but that's because there's so much news and it was easy to kind of fill another hole we got no guests next week because we're going to be doing another spanish announce table for the greatest rumble ever uh so stay tuned for that next week that'll be super fun we'll bring back captain awesome and t-mac for that one Uh, but now there's so much news going around nationally especially locally there's some big items that we've got to talk so much and we talked so much in the first segment anyway that we've got plenty of time to fill here with these news stories, so we don't need to bring on another guest. We can wait. We can push that back, give us a little breathing room on that, and we're going to talk some headlines. Headlines, 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 Tom. Yeah, so let's start it off with uh, kind of a somber one. Mm. Um, Unfortunately, uh, today, uh, Wednesday, uh, April 18th, 2018, the year of the new idea, uh, Bruno San Martino has passed away. Bruno yeah. San Martino, 80, 82 years old. So, you know, obviously not everyone's living forever. So it's not necessarily shocking at the age of 82. However, Bruno San Martino, an Italian immigrant who became one of the world's strongest men and one of the wrestling's most popular figures, uh, has died at the age of 82. San Martino died in his adoptive hometown of Pittsburgh following an illness, and he was surrounded by family. Uh, obviously Bruno San Martino, one of the, uh, great New York heroes for Italian Americans, uh, not only in New York, but everywhere, but New York is where he made his name. He sold out Madison square garden, an ungodly amount of time, uh, was one of the longest reigning WWE champions of all time. Uh, was really that first icon in pro wrestling. I mean, yes, you had Nature Boy Buddy Rogers, who Bruno San Martino beat to become champion. Uh, so, yes, you had Nature Boy Buddy Rogers. Yes, you had guys like Killer Kowalski and Luthez. But really, Bruno San Martino was the first one to kind of embody that good-looking, I'm stronger than everyone, I can prove it in the ring, and I've got charisma, that first icon to take Vince McMahon seniors company from a New York territory, which was a juggernaut, but then take that nationally and say like, even though we won't be doing shows in Charlotte or St. Louis, you know, Bruno San Martino because of how popular he is. Mm -hmm. So uh, as I mentioned, died at the age of 82, in my opinion, the first icon in WWE, because everyone wants to talk about who's the Mount Rushmore of, pro wrestling. And if you're going to start with the first one, cause as Mount Rushmore has George Washington in my book, you would put Br- yeah. Bruno San Martino in that George Washington spot. 
specifically as you referenced the Vince McMahon Sr., because the Vince McMahon that people who maybe aren't wrestling fans know the name Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon, that's Vince McMahon Jr. And Vince McMahon Sr. owned the company before Vince McMahon, when you said, when it was just a regional New York promotion as pro wrestling was very regional at the time. Well, if Bruno San Martino hadn't come along and exploded to such popularity, like you said, when Vince McMahon Jr. goes to buy it, it's probably not as valuable. It's probably not as marketable, in which he then did go find Hulk Hogan and expand it nationally and put it on syndication around the country and did the WrestleMania and all that, of course, that everybody knows. But yeah, without that Bruno San Martino to already kind of build up that clout and the eyeballs to begin with and establish that New York territory and really sink it in, uh, we may not know the WWE as it is now. And just think about it even more so of, as far as how big of a star he was. He went into the WWE Hall of Fame and he was inducted by Arnold Schwarzenegger, who Arnold Schwarzenegger said he looked up to Bruno San Martino in terms of his physique and workout regimen to get to the look of what Arnold Schwarzenegger, who arguably has you know the greatest physique of all time for men, uh, he was looking up to Bruno San Martino. So, yeah, it shows you how influential he was not only in pro wrestling, but also in the strongman and bodybuilding uh, competition world. Uh, so, yeah, as I mentioned, he has passed away today. Uh, but again, he was surrounded by family. So it seems like a death that was at least comforting and, and you know, mm-hmm. how, how we would all, I guess, you would think, like to go out. So... Uh, credit to to his career and the person that he was. I know that he was a huge fan of uh, some of the stars uh, during that Attitude Era, most notably Kurt Angle, him and Kurt Angle being both from Pittsburgh. Obviously, Bruno San Martino was from Italy, but his adoptive hometown was Pittsburgh. Kurt Angle, a Pittsburgh son, uh, they became uh, friends through that. And then obviously their love of wrestling, the amateur wrestling. As I mentioned, Bruno San Martino passed away at the age of 82. <laughs> Tim and Tom. The impending nuptials between John Cena and Nikki Bella, famous outside of the ring also for their E reality shows. And movies. And movies. You got blockers. You got all the John Cena movies that he's done. Uh, What was that one that he did with Amy Schumer? The whatever. Oh, yeah. That one. Yep. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, That one. But yes, uh, they split up. Now, if. For those who may remember, uh, at WrestleMania last year, a little over a year ago, John Cena, after victorious in the ring, of course, with was it with Nikki Bella, right? They they wrestled together, tag team. Beat yeah, the they beat Miz and Maurice, who is uh, still married. Yeah, they're still married. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, they proposed to her in the ring then, and they've been planning, and apparently it was only a couple of weeks away. They had a date set for May or something like that, didn't they? I, I, from what I read, I can't remember. Uh, my wife knows more about this, but apparently even uh, Nikki Bella, the one to pull the plug on it, which is a bit of a shocker. Well, here's the thing that I take away from it. Uh, guys or girls, because, hey, it's 2018, the year of the new idea, uh, women, you can propose to men. Yeah. Go ahead, try it. But hey, what I'm you can do whatever saying, you want as long as it's in accordance of you know. Uh, right, but what I'm saying is traditionally right. men propose to of women. Course. Right, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Do so yeah, so that's why you don't tie professional accomplishments with personal relationships because now WrestleMania 33 is always going to be tainted with this amazing proposal that never even happened. Yeah, the marriage it was a never, failure. Yeah. It was well even if they did get married and got divorced in 6 months, it's a failure. So now you're going to think yeah. back 
And let's just say that match was good. It wasn't, but let's say that match was good. <laughs> he can only think about that now and say like, oh, that's when I proposed to Nikki and now I'm dating Jessica or, you know, fill in the blank. And so <sighs> as a fan, we're, we only think of it that way too. Yeah. Cause now we think the ones who wanted it to work out. Oh, it could have been right. Yeah. So another proposal that it made me think of now, I have not heard any details on it because I haven't followed it that closely, but in the past world series, when the LA Dodgers played the Houston Astros game seven, after the Houston Astros won the shortstop, uh, you know, he was happy. He was doused in champagne. He was on the field. They said, how do you feel? He says, I feel like the greatest man alive, but I want to be even greater or something like that. And then he proposed to his girlfriend. Well, let's just say that doesn't go well. Right. And that goes Nikki Bella, John Cena. Yeah. Now, every time he looks at his world series ring, he thinks about the time he proposed <laughs> and it didn't work out. Yeah. That's why you separate professional and personal. You don't, you know, you don't get a raise or you don't get a promotion and then propose. And then now you're vice president. And all you gotta think about is well, well my first day uh, is yeah. when I proposed to this woman. And now we ain't together anymore. So you never do that stuff. If we sign a three year contract to put Tim and Tom on Sirius XM, I don't sign the contract and then get on one knee and propose, you know, I'm married already, but you, right, get, yeah. you don't, right. You don't, don't do right. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that. dumb. That is Cause, really dumb. Yeah, because then now you're like living in this like, well, still doing this job, <laughs> or I still got this World Series ring, and then you just you just ruined it. Because it's tainted forever. I want somebody to do that at my job, and I want it to be somebody that I kind of don't like, and then I want it to fail, right? I want them to get the promotion, and then like they propose to their wife, and then you know they get. You know, it, it not even get married. They pull a Nikki Bella, right? And she bounces out. And then we come by, hey, Nick. Hey, uh, how's the wife? Oh, sorry. Sorry. But hey, congrats on the promotion. And then just walk off. Now, the details on this is actually a little bit uh, murky because uh, it's still so new. But apparently, from what people.com is reporting, is that, as you stated, Nikki Bella pulled the plug. And it was because John Cena was essentially going to and I'm air quoting here for those with the enhanced radio pity, Mary, Nikki Bella, and Nikki Bella was like, I'm not a pity wife. You're not going to just do this because I want to do it. Cause the big storyline or however you want to put that narrative to their relationship is that John Cena enjoyed being in the relationship, but that was it. Nikki Bella wanted the marriage, wanted the kids. And he had just had a failed marriage with his high school sweetheart he wasn't necessarily wanting to jump on that horse again and say like, let's do round two. Uh, eventually as oh, I, think just stated, I think he said he would never. Right. But yeah. eventually as we stated at WrestleMania, uh, last year, he got on one knee proposed, but then it became from what people.com is reporting. Then it became, well, now she wants kids and now she wants power of attorney. So if anything happens, you know, if, uh, any type of accident, she could make a decision. And that's when I think the like, okay, you can, you can propose and that's one thing, but then real marriage is that kind of stuff. It's the, I'm wanting a new person in this world. I'm wanting the power to make decisions for you when you are unable. And that's a marriage. And that I think is when John Cena was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> and I think yeah. that stress. And then the, fine, I do, I'll do it. And no one, man or woman, 
wants to go through a, yeah, I'm getting married because yeah, I guess that other person wants to, you yeah, know? Right. And so it makes sense. And that's the true test of a relationship. And unfortunately for right now, because in all relationships, you know, there's going to be a rebound eventually where they're going to come back to each other for maybe a month or two. Uh, but for right now, they are not together. That's intense. And you know, we do make some light of it, but it, that's a good thing. What you've addressed, if it wasn't there, that's a good thing that they didn't go through it. You know, like right. just it's it, it it's never too late to stop something that's wrong. You know, so if that's what it is, man, that's what it is, and that's sad. Obviously, I mean, they spent six years together. I wonder about that because those celebrity lifestyles, like how much time are you spending versus the average person right right? you know what i mean now i don't know how in 2018 maybe it's easier to stay in contact like that so you know who knows i hope the best for both parties involved i guess is all i could say tim and tom let's talk about uh the missouri governor eric greitens this guy man so this guy let's talk about first the elephant in the room yeah The first thing that we have to address is the current allegations that he uh, slept with his hairdresser who was married. He was also married. He took a photo of her as blackmail saying, don't tell anyone because if you do, then I have this photo. I'll release it. You'll be embarrassed. Ha ha ha. I have this over your head. This never happened, right? Mm -hmm. That's one thing. Then on top of that, this week, and this is kind of why we are, are talking about it now, is because now the, how, how do they say it? The molehill has turned into a mountain. Yeah, You know, right. it, it was one little thing. Okay, we'll see a kind of, he said, she said, that'll be kind of figured out in court. Right. Now we have the attorney general, a Republican, mm-hmm. Josh Hawley, saying that Eric Greitens should be charged with another felony for using a nonprofit, essentially he used a nonprofit list of their biggest donors and then used that to try to get donations for his personal campaign, which is illegal. And on top of that, now both parties, which in any state it's hard to get bipartisan support on, but both parties now are saying, hey, this Greitens guy, I don't think we uh, need him as governor. Yeah, the Republicans, because he's a Republican governor, the Republican leaders of both the House and the Senate both publicly called on him to resign. And he oh, said... Oh, but he will not. He will not, yeah. Yeah, he said, uh, quote, and this is from a tweet because it's 2018, I will not be resigning the governor's office. In three weeks, this matter will go to court of law where it belongs and where the facts will prove my innocence until then i will do what the people of missouri sent me here to do to serve them and work hard on their behalf while i sleep with other women and then also (laughs) steal money (laughs) maybe the last part wasn't true right but the money part yeah (laughs) yeah the money part uh but yeah this guy i mean here's the thing too when you're in turmoil yeah at least in politics You can, if you're good enough, you can say like, for example, Bill Clinton, right? I use Bill Clinton as like kind of the poster child for turmoil and scandal where he did so much wrong as a person. He is a scumbag, Mm -hmm. a scumbag. But what he could say is, look, I was the president who accomplished these things. He had a track record of being a good career politician to where he could say, Hey, guys of my own party, women of my own party, I know I messed up, but you know I can get stuff done. 
I had a little to drink. There's a little cocaine involved, but I can do this. (laughs) But with Eric Greitens, he doesn't have a leg to stand on because he hasn't even been in long enough to do anything. Right. That's the point I'm trying to make. And how much time has he taken to deal with this? So he's still yeah, like, he hasn't really even been, yeah, it hasn't even been a full two years. Oh. I'm not sure he's got anything passed except for the uh, right to work thing. That's I won't even get into, yeah. but it seems like he can't go to his own party. That's the point I was trying to make with the Bill Clinton thing where Bill Clinton can say like, Hey, you know, I'm good for the democratic party where many Donald jr. Here can't even keep his in his pants. He also has nothing that he's accomplished. So he can't even say like, I've done like even Trump can say, Hey, I gave you a, a conservative Supreme court nominee. I right, gave yeah. you, you know, he has They've more got wall prototypes. We're working on it. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He has more stuff to stand on than Eric Graydon's. And if Trump has more stuff to stand on than you, you need to go. Yeah, you buddy. need to go. Yeah. I mean, it just, you know, I, I said this even a couple times here. I said, man, this sounds like a bad dude. And, you know, even if you think about it, okay, if I'm going to be humble, who am I to say who's bad and who's good? One thing, sure sounds like a bit of an abrasive personality, huh? Like, jeez, man, this goes back to my rant on give me a little bit of decorum and professionalism, will you? Man, now look, I'm not a voter of Missouri, so whatever. He, you know, he would tell me to F off probably in as many words. But, dude... Come on, you hold an esteemed position. Act like it. Get out of here. Like, come on. Have you not been through enough? Get out of here. Oh, what is your deal? I, I can't. That's all I can say. Just go away, man. Right. And that's why we brought it up is because typically we try to, if you've listened long enough, you kind of know where we lean. Right. However, we try not to make this a political, political podcast because obviously you can get that from a lot of other places. However, we thought this was important because it is affecting the Kansas City area as, you know, Kansas City, Missouri is a part of that metro. And you have both parties giving bipartisan support, which is so rare. And so when it's like you are the determining factor to bring two parties that hate each other together, then you need to listen to them. And if they're telling you to go, bye-bye, bye, Felicia. They said very nicely, please leave. Yeah. And you came back with a snarky, rude response. Man, that's, come on, just go away. All right, hey, I'm going to even raise you a little bit on this one. Today, uh, you know, we you, we did this before. I was ranting about some of our Kansas government, and you were like, oh, I'll raise you the Missouri side. Uh, well, mm-hmm. this happened. Uh, the Kansas Secretary of State, Chris Kobach, was held in contempt of court today. <laughs> Well, hey, that's yeah. your buddy. Gubernatorial candidate, Chris Kobach. Yeah, I did. I was yeah. the, yeah, uh-huh. I, I've worked with Chris Kobach uh, for four years, once a week on his radio show. I was a producer over there at Cumulus Radio. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, stemming from his voting rights law. People will know him as the Secretary of State who pushed the voter ID law in Kansas. And um, Chris Kobach uh, was ordered by a judge a while back to let everybody know that he had taken off of the roles due to the registration, you know, errors that he had, had, had put forth as evidence. Uh, they had ordered him uh, until further, you know, stuff has gone through. You you let them, like, they are on the registration rolls, and you let them know. You have to send them, you know what I mean? Like, let them know that they are to be as treated as every other registered voter. And I guess he didn't do it. And <laughs> then he was getting in trouble for it even, and they were. he was like, oh, I ran out of time. I directed, you know, the local things to do it, and they didn't. And they were like, okay, we'll send them a card letting him know. And he didn't do that either. And so he's in contempt now in order to pay all these legal fees of people who have, you know, sued for that. Uh, 
So, yeah, man, uh, and he's a gubernatorial candidate, uh, and he was yelling at, not yelling, but basically making snide things about uh, the current governor now, uh, Collier, because Brownback resigned, um, that he signed into the law, the th- like $500 million spending bill for the schools because the Supreme Court told him to. And Chris Kobach's in there going, he craved a political pressure. Came to political pressure was the Supreme Court, man. So apparently Chris Kobach would have said no if he was the governor mm-hmm. and said, I'm yeah. not going to. So I don't know where we go with that. I, you know what I mean? Again, you know where we lean. And I, look, I know Chris Kobach well from that. Um, so, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to get too much more into that. But, like, just, uh, you know, again, I feel like we've lost a lot of decorum, professionalism, and a lot of grandstanding on idealism and just – like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I know I am very leaning of one way, so that's why I wouldn't be good. You know what I mean? Because I'm so angrily wanting to defend those things. Like, that's why I shouldn't be the person in there making decisions. Because I, I, there's... Right. You need yeah. somebody to find the compromise. You need somebody to... The, you just seem so eager to agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> you know not you. I mean? Right. So, but you get it? Like, I, it, can we get a little humility, too, to recognize that? Like... Greitens, Kovac, my gosh. Midwest, baby. Midwest politics taking over. Middle America. Gotta love it. Tim and Tom. Remember, uh, oh gosh, several episodes back where we got to make fun of Cleveland uh, for their A.J. McCarron trade gone awry. Uh, you remember that? We had a good belly laugh at Cleveland's sake. Well, it's, it's always just- fun to laugh at Cleveland. Right. You know, in another town, I, th- I feel like Kansas City's grown to, especially to the World Series, but that uh, they've grown to, not the World Series, but the World Series run, uh, that they've grown to kind of also, you know, let to throw some shade at is Toronto, specifically in regard to the Blue Jays, right? Mm-hmm. Because Toronto, I mean, yeah, right? It's Toronto. It's no Kansas City. Yeah, and they're in Canada. Right. America's they're, hat. Right. You're having America's hat. So, since they play in Canada, it's a bit cold up there, right? So, they obviously have to dome the stadium, right? They have a, a big, uh, famous dome. It used to be called something else, right? But it's a, it's got a corporate name now. I'm not going to bring it up. Their dome stadium where they play the baseball, right? Well, there's been weather delays all about baseball because it's an unusually cold spring for most of the country, right? There's snow. They're gonna, they don't play baseball in the snow, that kind of stuff. So they've had, I think last count I had heard, they'd had 24 postponements, of which the Royals had had four. To put that in perspective, if every team had four, there would be like 120 uh, plus mm-hmm. postponements. So the Royals were getting unusually uh, kind of dinged there with with these postponements. Well, Toronto spent the weekend, as these postponements were happening about the country, throwing shade at these teams going, uh, somebody had put, fun fact, the last Blue Jays home game to be rained out was September 23rd, 1988. And they, you know, of course, retweeted that and said, this is a great underrated fact. And then they posted a photo of their stadium and said, uh, it says, weather update. Due to our stadium having a roof, today's game will be played as expected. Uh, and with a winking emoticon, right? And then, <laughs> uh, right. You know what I mean? They were just kind of doing some smug tweets like that, right? Well, the Royals are going up there for their game to start a series with the Toronto Blue Jays. And falling ice from a nearby tower hit the roof and tore that domed roof. And they had to postpone the game. So Toronto got a little karma bite. Uh, out there, you know, going all willy-nilly with the tweets there, Donnie. Uh, you know what I mean? Got a little slap back, or a little clap back, as the kids say there, uh, by nature, Tom. So isn't that fun? So then they had to cancel that uh, uh, thing for, for the game. 
Well, yeah. so sad. Well, it's yeah, it's just like a, a famous rap artist who we'll talk about uh, later. Uh, he said, be humble. Yeah, be humble, right? So let's talk right? about the Royals, right? Because this is all we're going to oh. have to talk about them for the rest of the year. Apparently, they suck. They are on an impressive streak of losing when the opponent scores. So there is that. Every game that they've played, if the opponent scored... They lost. Huh? When do you think? When do you think that Ned Yost puts on his uh, overalls and straw hat and just does an auction fire sale of the assets oh, that the Kansas City Royals man. have? Uh, hey, I got an scoring here left. I got a Duda field. over here. You want a Duda? I know you want a Duda. Give me a five dollars for a Duda over there in the back corner over there. Five dollars for a Duda. Five dollars for a Duda. Yeah, they're doing here. Ten dollars. Ten dollars. Ten dollars. Oh, we're going well, back. What do you give me for a moose? All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, oh, that would be great. Oh, they should pay per view that. That would be fun. Um, I'd watch that. You know. Um, now look. They do. They are missing three starters, I guess, that they thought they were going to have. But it's been bad. It's been real bad. And they've had all these weird postponements. And apparently, the, the game that Toronto had to postpone, they almost didn't make on time and needed to delay the game because they had a bus accident on the way there. Something fell off of a truck that was like in front of them, went through the glass, hit the glass, or I guess not through, but hit the glass, broke the glass, it cut the driver to where he fell out, and a player had to grab the wheel to get them to the roadside to safety. Uh, just Royals are cursed. It's, it's, they cashed all in, they sold their soul for that 2015 run, and now it's pay time. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, hey, <laughs> it's almost fun to watch it be this bad at this point. It's just like, yeah, maybe they'll get over five wins this year. Maybe. Which maybe. here, here's the thing though. People want to talk about how bad it is right now. And yes, it was real or it is really bad. However, if you want to get really depressed, if you're a Royals fan, go take a look at the 2004, 2005 Royals roster. Yikes. That is <laughs> like double a, bench player bad as far, far as lineup. Yeah, well, it was extremely bad. At least you have a returning Salvador Perez coming, you know, soon. At least you have Moose. Uh, there's some quality Gordon maybe players. come back health, healthier than he was. Exactly, you know what I'm saying? So at least we have a little bit of promise. 2004-2005. <laughs> there was nobody to Man. come back and it was that. Bad. There was yeah, you wanted everyone to go. Uh so at least let's take some solace in that. However, um, it's going to be tough for uh, a Royals fan this year because they suck. Yeah, it's not good. Um, it's really not that good. I guess starting pitching has been pretty decent from because I followed. At, I've either watched some of or followed along and caught each game as it's happened. You know what I mean? Like I've, I've checked up every day and kind of followed along, and the starting pitching will do well, and then they just kind of can't. They can't hold it, man. You know, like, so, and maybe if they're able to score some more when these guys come back, because obviously you take away Salvi, who is your four, five, six, depending on the game, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Well, you trade him with your catcher who can maybe catch someone as good, but is batting ninth, right? So, you know what I mean? Things like that, right? So maybe, maybe, but maybe not. I don't know. It's pretty, it's pretty rough. It's pretty, you almost kind of like, how are they going to manage to screw this one up? Right? You're like, well, they'll betting. find a way. Yeah, you're betting, so... I don't know. Royals, good luck with that, I guess. Tim and Tom. Kendrick Lamar won a Pulitzer Prize. Did you ever think we would say that on Tim and Tom? Well, no. Yeah. No. 
But what what did he win for? Give it to me. What, what, give me the details on this because I've heard a ton about. Oh my goodness! Everyone get excited. Kendrick Lamar, first non-classical or jazz artist to win a Pulitzer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now for me, I'll tell you before you give us the details. My initial reaction when I read that headline because obviously I don't read a ton. Uh, but my, when I read that ha- headline, I said, really <laughs> that one, like that is what we're going to pick. If we're not going classical or jazz of all the music that's been made, we're going to start with this one. I will tell you this. It is not trash. It is a very good album. Sure. I don't, I don't even think it was the best album of the year, but it was a very good album. I don't even think it's his best work, but it was a good album. So to me, I initially was thinking, well, man, you have a Beatles record should have won a Pulitzer. You know, Uh, there's plenty of other artists impactful that should have won a Pulitzer. So give me the details of what, why uh, they said Kendrick Lamar won. So, well, Pulitzer is, is based around journalism. So I don't know that the Beatles necessarily would have fit into something like that, right? So now the music category obviously can't be hard journalism. Right. You know what I mean? So it's got to have some artistic flair to it. So I don't know where the classical music thing ever came in with these Pulitzer prizes, but most of that Pulitzer stuff's around journalism. If I'm, You know what I mean? From what I've always understood it. Well, classical doesn't even have any music or right. it doesn't even have any words. So I don't know really what the Pulitzer prize was ever doing with, let's read what a Pulitzer prize says it is. A Pulitzer prize is an award for an achievement in American journalism, literature, or music. There are 13 made each year. And I guess from what I read, the music one is generally an afterthought because, like you said, it goes to classical. Nobody really listens to classical anymore. I mean, people do, obviously. I mean, but not in the mainstream media eye for sure, right? Mm -hmm. So that was odd. But this one specifically, I wanted to try to find the wording they use, but it was something about how it's able to chronicle music form the life of an African-American male in the American society. So I get that regard where they may hold that one in high esteem. And it may somewhat explain where maybe you and I don't hold that album as in high regard, right? As maybe others do. So, uh, so yeah, but in that regard, yeah. Why isn't a rage against the machine album in years past getting right? You know what I mean? Yeah. There's been socially conscious music made, right? Before damn. Now, if they're going to do this kind of stuff moving forward, great. I'm all for it. Then cool. Right. Let's see it. But, but you've set a precedent now and then you better hold to win. And I'm making up the artist. Let's just say it's Beyonce, Mm -hmm. you know, comes out with her socially conscious woke album. Well, that better get a Pulitzer prize now too, because he gave damn one and damn was good, but damn didn't, it wasn't earth shattering. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. And so that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If you've said it, you better keep it because if you don't, oh, there's going to be people pissed. <laughs> yeah. But hey, man, I mean, a huge accomplishment, obviously, for Kendrick Lamar, for the genre of hip hop, even. I remember when hip hop was, I mean, I obviously. Hip hop was starting when I was too young to to know it, but when it really yeah, was in your thirties, right? When I was really exploding on the scene in the late eighties, I want to say you know in the mainstream when a kid in Kansas is seeing it on his TV finally, right? When it's gone national, everybody was like, "Oh, well, this is a fad, right? It'll be gone." Well, I mean, flash forward here, man. We're in two thousand eighteen, and it's winning a Pulitzer Prize. So, I mean, 
awesome, right? I mean, that's that's a really cool thing for that. Yeah, I mean, we may sit here and pick apart the album based on our own personal taste of music, but that's pretty impressive, and I think that's a pretty neat deal. Yeah, uh, again, I'm not trying to trash Kendrick Lamar. I'm just trying to say, like, that was the one. Like, right. that was that, <laughs> that was one? my takeaway. Right, yeah, yeah that's right. the right. So, with that being said, that aside, yeah, I'm very happy for the genre yeah. of hip hop. Yeah, what about I'm Public Enemy? Happy. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. NWA. Um, I mean, I'm, there's yeah, been I plenty. There's been plenty. I'd have put it there. Yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, a Rage Against the Machine and the Public Enemy. If you're gonna say mm-hmm. that, should be like one and two right. on Pulitzer. If you're gonna do it for this kind of criteria. Right. However, that being said, I'm very excited, or I'm not excited. I'm very happy because it seems like he's a nice guy for Kendrick Lamar to win this award. I'm very happy for the genre of hip hop music because, like you said, it's a still emerging platform and musical genre that's still discovering itself into the 2018 and beyond and yeah it's pretty cool that something modern outside of some string quartet and some one well congratulations to kendrick lamar and uh, if you haven't listened to it go check out damn damn uh, maybe i shouldn't keep that one <laughs> maybe i should oh, yeah. a little ron simmons in there <laughs> Tim and Tom. We will take a break. We're going to come back and we talked about the headlines, headlines, headlines. We're going to come back and Tom's going to tell you about some events, right? What you can do in the coming days, maybe over the weekend throughout the next week. I don't know the exact dates because that's Tom's world. He's going to tell you in the next segment and we'll tell you about what our favorite things of the week were when we return to Tim and Tom. Fun fact, humans have more empathy for dogs than they do for other humans. Study finds that out. That is fact. Right. All right, we're coming up on another weekend, and as always, I will give you the best things to do in Kansas City, and that is my opinion and my opinion only. As always, I tell you, if you don't find these things interesting, definitely get out in the city and join some of the reoccurring events that go down at Power and Light, Union Station, City Market, all of those places. Check that out because they have things legitimately all year around. But here's some highlights of what we've got going on uh, this coming month. So April 22nd at Up Down KC, which yeah. uh, was our first guest on the Tim and Tom show of this second reboot. Uh, but we have on April 22nd, King of Cade at Updown KC. Now, this is an annual competition to determine the best classic arcade gamer in Kansas City. Each competitor will be paired randomly with games throughout Updown KC until we crown the 2018 King or Queen, because women can win this as well, uh-huh. of Cade KC. The eventual wow. winner will compete in video games, pinball, skee-ball, and N64 on their way to take the crown i like this this could be fun yeah. to watch yeah it's gonna be great it's a 32 player uh the first 32 players to register online will be given spots in the tournament 
if you need more information, contact UpDown. They are located at 101 Southwest Boulevard, Kansas City, Missouri. Again, this is going to be April 22nd. That's a Sunday at 1 p.m. And it goes till a scheduled 6 p.m. But with video games and all of that type of stuff, it might go longer. So be on the lookout. I have never brought anybody to UpDown. I brought a couple people that didn't enjoy it when they got there. You know what I mean? Like they, they've heard of it maybe they or they hadn't. But when they get there, they go, oh, man, this place is fun. You will, I guarantee you a good time unless you're just in a bad mood when you get there. Yeah, unless you suck as a human, you're going to love UpDown. If, if you're the kind of guy that will refuse to resign the governorship in light of so many horrific accusations, you probably wouldn't have a good time the first time you went there. Like I said, unless you're a crappy person, you're going to love right. UpDown. And again, that is King of the Cade. Uh, that is going to be April 22nd, a Sunday, starting at 1 p.m. Uh, goes till there is a winner, but it's scheduled till 6 p.m. All right, now let's get into some music. Tuesday, yeah. April 24th at 7 p.m., one of the most e- original and influential artists in the world is coming to the Providence Amphitheater. That is 6633 North 130th Street, Bonner Springs, Kansas. The one, the only, Jack White. I am a big fan of Jack White. Uh, I like this musical sound. And again, uh, like kind of what we mentioned with Cringe Lamar, uh, unique, right? You hear a Jack White and you know, hey, that's a Jack White song, right? Or, you know, perhaps the White Stripes when he had a band and that and that sort of thing. But um, uh, really, yeah. just really, like you said, very influential, unique sound. It just, it rocks, but it's also got a groove, which is one of my favorite kind of, when, when that mix of a musical genres comes together, uh, it just really, I like it a lot. Yeah, I've always liked him. I think uh, one of the things I respect the most about him is how original he is. He's not just trying to say like, oh, the new sound is, you know, play the guitar this way. So I'll start playing the guitar that way. He Uh just says, no, I really like this. This is the avenue I'm going to go. And if people want to follow me, awesome. If not, I'm still going to make this. And most times, more often than not, it's a hit or it's awesome. And that's why you should check them out again on a Tuesday night, April 24th, starting at 7 p.m. at the Providence Amphitheater, Jack White. And if you want ticket information, go to Ticketmaster.com. Mm-hmm. All right, now let's go to April 26th. So as we mentioned earlier, the Royals suck. Oh, man, do they. But it's fun to go to a baseball game. Yeah. So why don't you go to a baseball game and, and? on April 26th, Thursday night at 4 p.m., paint at the park. This is going to be paint at the park on Thursday, April 26th. Fans will be treated to a pregame paint class in the Hall of Fame Pavilion featuring an exclusive Royals design. Now, space is limited, so purchase your tickets now. Tickets are available at MLB.com. So go to MLB.com. This is going to be a Thursday night, April 26th. It starts at 4 p.m. So again, it starts before the game. You're going to be in the Hall of Fame section painting an exclusive Royals design. It's going to be fun. 
and then you get to see the Royals lose. And, you know, that'll be, hey, if the Royals lose, whatever. But at least you got a fun painting with you. Right. Yeah, you could go to any other Royals game and watch them lose and not get a fun painting that you painted. Exactly. So uh, enjoy the outdoors. Enjoy the great game of baseball. And enjoy some painting. The only thing you will paint in the other Royals games is a sorrowful frown on your face. But here, you'll get a nice happy picture. Definitely. Hey, let's keep it going with the events. April 28th, yeah. we have the 15th annual Parkville Microbrew Fest. This is going to be a Saturday at 1, goes till 5. Uh, this is going to be at the English Landing Park. That's 8701 McAfee Street, Parkville, Missouri. Uh, here are the details. Kick off the summer with handcrafted ales from 60-plus brewers and home brewer clubs at a beautiful English Landing Park in Parkville. Enjoy unlimited samplings for the duration of the festival, a commemorative logo tasting glass, tasting notes, live music, and all the beer you care to sample for $35 in advance and $45 at the day of the event. That is uh, a nice price. Yeah, and if you want more information, go to parkvillemicrobrewfest.com or you can uh, like the Brewfest Facebook page and you would search 15th Annual Parkville Microbrewfest. So yeah, you want to get drunk for 45 bucks and drink some high-class, good, local, and international beer? Woo-woo! 15th Annual Parkville Microbrewfest. That's what you got. That sounds like a fun event. I love the beer. And uh, that's a great price for all that you mentioned and all those different brews and all those different samples. And uh, if you've ever been to these things, when you hear, you know, like, oh, come on out for free samples and you picture, oh, here's a little whatever. When you get to these beer places and you've paid at the door, these places are typically like, here, beer. You know what I mean? Like they want you to have more beer. They want you hooked, man. It's like, you know what I mean? That's how that works. So uh, it's a fun time usually at these events. Definitely it is. So, uh, again, check out all those events, and if uh, those didn't interest you, as always, check out the reoccurring events at all of the great places in the Kansas City metro area. Tom's favorite. As you mentioned earlier, there was a Pulitzer Prize winner, Kendrick Lamar. Well, I got some more Pulitzer Prize information for you. Uh, again, this is a quick one. Don't have too much information, but I am proud of them because they are local. But the Kansas City Star is the sole finalist for the Pulitzer for Public Service for the Secret Kansas City or Secret Kansas series uh, that they did about uh, one of the most secretive dark states. Why Kansas is trying to hide. Uh, sole finalist. Could they still lose? Yeah, they just don't give it out. No one got public service. <laughs> Could everybody that votes in the final voting round vote? Nay. no one <laughs> yeah like i don't know how that works but hey first of all an amazing series of articles and exposés written on this i had no clue until reading some of these that kansas was operating in this manner of just this you know like ultra secrecy which is absolutely not what our governments are supposed to be they are supposed to be of we the people and they're supposed to be super transparent more transparent than probably anything else obviously to some things you have to have classify you know i mean to operate certain missions and in military operations and things like that. But you get what I'm saying here, right? Like we shouldn't, you know what I mean? Like we shouldn't have to ask a lot of these questions that they were actively refusing to answer and keeping mm-hmm. hidden and trying to cover up uh, a lot just and both sides of the fence, just the whole thing just soured. 
just really bad. Yeah. And so that they're up for Pulitzer and again, Pulitzer's a big deal. I mean, it's not just this random thing. Everybody's heard of a Pulitzer prize over the age of what? 12. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like these are a big deal. So uh, good on them. And may, I'm going to reach out to some of our contacts over at the Kansas City Star. Some of our contacts over at the Kansas City Star. We have contacts all over the city, by the way. Uh, our yeah. eyes and ears are everywhere. I'm going to reach out to the to our secret contacts over there at the Kansas City Star and see if we can't get somebody on to talk about this in the near future. But uh, really impressed with, with uh, their being named as a sole finalist slash winner. And hey, also with that, uh, if you haven't recently, go check out a Kansas City Star article. You know, go online, go grab a paper at a gas station, support local journalism. Right now, it's more important than ever because a lot of forces are trying to discredit their credibility but right now they're doing amazing work as i just said with my favorite thing of the week so go out there and read an article because they're doing awesome stuff and they need to be supported by you the consumer tim's favorite my favorite thing of the week is mutant enzyme yeah, yeah, that sounds safe. Right. Yeah, love let's, that. Yeah, let's just right. end it now. Thanks for coming out, Tim and Tom. We'll be back next week. All right, let me explain a little. I'm r- going to read some of this directly from the knabic.com, the cnbc.com. Why do they got so many of these NBCs with the, pref- the prefix? Right? I don't know. It's so weird. All right. Scientists have developed an enzyme which is able to digest, which they put in quotation marks, which is worrying me digest some of the planet's most commonly polluting plastics they've developed an enzyme that's going to eat plastic okay undertaken by teams at the u.s department of energy's national renewable energy laboratory and the uk's university of portsmouth the research could potentially lead to a recycling solution for plastic bottles made from polyethylene terephthalate nailed it which lingers in the environment for hundreds of years Boy, I should have pre-read this one. The researchers were initially examining the crystal structure of PET, is the plastic that I tried to pronounce, an enzyme that can digest it, basically, right? They were examining the crystal structure of it uh, in order to understand how it worked. But during their research, the scientists managed to engineer an enzyme that was more effective at degrading the plastic than the naturally occurring one that they discovered in the soil of a Japanese recycling plant. So let me surmise this in layman's terms. Someone discovered at a recycling plant in Japanese that some of the uh, plastic was degrading, and they were kind of wondering why, and they discovered that some naturally occurring enzyme had built up. So then they were able to study that enzyme, and in a process of studying that enzyme, they accidentally made it better, and it's going to eat away the plastic that's sitting up in landfills. Well, hey, I will second that, and hopefully that is uh, on a more fast track to killing the plastic because I read an article uh, that by 2050, there's going to be more plastic by weight uh, than fish in the sea. Mm -hmm. So throw that enzyme in the ocean. Let's kill all the, let's kill everything in there. Actually, let's get the fish too. I don't care. Uh, Fish are gross. Um, And no, I'm kidding, but let's kill all the plastic, right? Don't stop using plastic too. What are you? A six year old? Stop it. Like, Recycle. Use yeah, glass. Yeah, we tried to minimize always, as much yeah. as possible. Yeah. Don't be a dummy, or this enzyme is going to kill you. That that's the that's the what it, the takeaway from just, this. I episode. mean, just welcome to the future, huh? I mean, and you know, I, I've I've read a lot about this on the science, like even in like um, 
anatomy and in in health they're looking at bugs and things like that like uh, as how those could be used as medicine instead of things like some of our antibiotics and things like that mm-hmm. right some more of these naturally occurring things that maybe if we study could we improve upon it uh you know what i mean and use something that's naturally occurring to help so uh, i'm glad there's really smart people out there figuring this stuff out for us while we do a podcast and that may be actually my favorite thing of the week tim and tom all right, let's get on out of here. Let's do it. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, next week's episode will be covering the greatest Royal Rumble. We didn't call it that; they did. So you know it's going to be good. Uh, it's going to be taking place in Saudi Arabia. Sa- Saudi Arabia uh, has so much content. So oh, yeah. uh, Captain Awesome and T Mac will be here next week to talk about that. Uh, but let's get on out of here for this one. Thank you for listening to the headlines and what we've been up to. And uh, once you listen to this episode and get to this point, share it with a friend. There may or may not be an appearance by Scott Steiner on that Spanish Announce Table episode. Uh, May or may not is all I'm going to say. For you wrestling fans, you know what a treat that'll be. Uh, We will return next week with the Spanish Announce Table and the week after that with Tim and Tom. Fun fact, studies show that your mind spends about 70% of its time replaying memories and creating scenarios of perfect moments. We all want to know somebody and hold somebody and show somebody that life is something more. Give ourselves like we owe somebody like, yo, somebody stayed up waiting for you to walk in the door. Because they were so anxious they couldn't sleep. And only you could bring them peace. Tim and Tom.